You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey everybody, the 90s plague has taken over and take away Sophie and John from us. They're both very sick, so Scott and I hold down the fort and do it duo. What do we talk about, Scott? We first talk about where is everyone, which I guess we covered again. Hey! Uh, we talk about the UK versus the European Union. We talk about Keith going to the US to make it great again. I did. We talk about Justin Trudeau. We talk about the gun show. We talk about sports, politics, old white guys. Then we talk about London has fallen and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. All this and more. On an all new 9 to 5 entertainment system. Before we hit record, rolling Scott. in the aisles. <laughs> so much funny. Uh, hey, listeners. This went from being another full house podcast. I was I sent any I sent a text message as I usually do on Sunday afternoon. A little a little peeling back the curtain of the magic of 90s. Even though it's Thursday when you listen to it, we recorded on Monday. Our secretaries were working hard. Yep, we we coordinated it. We uh, we sent the appropriate information to everybody last night on Sunday. Everybody said they were down, and now. John and Sophie have taken ill, so it's just Scott and I. And I don't know about Scott, but I, I did not prepare anything because I was like, I'm just going to ride on the coattails of John and Sophie, and now they're not here. So I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. Now. I had a bunch of stuff that I was going to fire off with John and Sophie. And you're going to say, you're like, you're like, so this. it's not that I wasn't prepared. You're I like, was really, really prepared. You're like, this is material that's going to bounce right off John and Sophie and like engage them and all that stuff. So yeah. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so that happened. I was the yeah, exactly. Has that, it been that long? Yeah, man. It was huh. it, Brexit happened the day after we recorded the last 90s. So they were it happened I think on the Friday, Friday or Saturday following what we took on it. Man, that is some hilarious shit. It was like only it it just like I feel it only crept into North American uh like awareness about like a week before it happened even though it was like all over including John Oliver doing a big diatribe begging people to stay. Mm-hmm. That was only going to air in the UK the day after. The <laughs> it's dude. Have you, have you been f- watching any of the fallout stuff? My, my favorite part of the fallout stuff was all the people on television saying, I didn't know my vote was going to count. Yeah. Exactly. Can I, can I do it again? Yeah, exactly. It's it. It was a protest vote. It wasn't, we didn't think we'd actually leave. I just wanted to like protest the current government. What? What are you talking about? And now, but also the two, Nigel and Boris have both stepped down. Like, Cameron stepped down. Yeah, oh yeah, Cameron stepped down immediately. But then also like the two f- leaders of the Leave movement stepped down because they didn't actually have a plan of what to do if it happened. <laughs> it's like comedy. <laughs> it's like like r- my favorite thing about this. Uh, was an editorial written in the New Yorker, which was like, I can't remember the exact heading because it was it was probably better worded than, than I can come up with, but it was just sort of like they were like the UK votes 
to officially like abandon the position of saying Americans are the dumbest country. Or yep. like, <laughs> they're just like, this is ridiculous. This is an insane thing. Uh, I was talking with my cousin uh, about just in general the politics, and they were like, how <clears throat> we're right at the cusp of the uneducated voter idiocracy. Like we're, we're at the cusp of idiocracy. The film yes. idiocracy is about to happen. I want to like it's numerous times in the past few weeks people have mentioned idiocracy like about just like Terry Crews pouring <laughs> Gatorade or Mountain Dew whatever on the, on the crops and people just having gazillions of children and like just yeah. It's, idiocracy Idiocracy is, is the new global warming. It's that it's really too far away so we don't have to worry about it but we really should be worrying about it. But now it's happened. And now it's happened. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, ice <laughs> caps are melting. We're and dealing Terry with Cruz an incredibly, like, like the, the, the media has, like, hyped up everybody. The politicians are less accountable to reality than apparently ever before. And people are just, like, voting on things without having any idea what they're voting for. <laughs> you saw with, the Google- with repercussions. With, like, massive repercussions. The, the pound dropped. So fast the next day. So exactly, so hard and so fast. It just like, it, it dropped to like a dollar forty eight American. Yeah, we're it was, was nearly up, it was two almost was like two two and a quarter. Yeah, it was high. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was the British British pound sterling. Like it's a thing. It's supposed to be like the it's gold supposed standards. to be. Well, yeah, it, but it's supposed to be like a safe and stable currency. They're not supposed to be like we're leaving the EU. Why? reasons like did you, you heard about the 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 350 million pound claim yeah and how it was like someone else said that uk spends 350 million pounds a month on like social services for the rest of the eu yeah which is not true like fabricated number but then the leaders of the leave side had like their buses and just had like without context 350 million pounds but without actually saying, no, no. But then, then they, they said like, they could. Amount. This money could be spent on our national healthcare system. Yeah, and someone broke that down. Like what it actually was, and it was like a hundred and ninety million. Yeah, and they're like, and that is a little bit less than what it would cost for us to be able to enter the uh, financial markets of all the countries in the EU. Yeah. Like it would cost about two hundred million if we wanted to trade in in Paris and we wanted to trade in Berlin and right, we wanted right, right, right. like it's just that's a, just the cost of business. It's the cost of a trade agreement, yeah. like which we have for free in the EU, and so instead of paying for the trade agreement, we are paying for social services outside of. Well, it's we're paying into the EU, but it's yeah. not just for the trade agreements. It's not just for the access to the financial markets. Yeah, yeah. So insane. It's amazing. Completely insane. And then whatever. And we're like four months out from a Trump presidency. So hooray. I had a terrible thought about that. Which was? Just at the Democratic National Convention, Hillary Clinton names her vice presidential candidate. And it's Donald Trump. And everything stops and they just take over right away. The two mm-hmm. of them. They're just like, just, we're in charge. <laughs> We're in charge, and the entire country gets mad. <laughs> Man, I was uh, – so <clears throat> if you've been following the 9 to 5 Instagram, I put up an Instagram every day of my road trip because we were taking lots of photos, and I was like, yay, photos. And we were in the States for the last, like, two days of the trip, or two and a half, three days. Beautiful Maine. Yeah, Maine, and driving also up through New Hampshire and a little – just touching Vermont as we went on through. Uh, and I, it blows my – like, we were like – 
where are the Trump supporters? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's hard to figure that who they exist. We drove through, like, rural New Hampshire. We kind of took, like, a rural route all the way up. New Hampshire. <laughs> like, every second house, Trump. Like, Trump, make America great. Trump, Trump, Trump. And then, like, passing gun stores. And the state motto is live free or die. And I was like, rural New Hampshire. Let's not stop. Like... <laughs> I do not want to stop right now. Da-na-na-na-na. But then it's hilarious because they're so ni- they're so close to Vermont. Like you like literally less than thirty minute drive you cross into Vermont and they're still like feel the burn and like whatever, like it's still up. I'm like you guys are like walking distance from each other. It's Is is Bernie Sanders gonna make Donald Trump president? That's the real question. Like I don't he's, think he's talking about running as an independent. And then having a right wing vote split, and then it's or left wing vote split, yeah. yeah. But that and that's right. The last time that happened was when Ralph Nader ran and mm-hmm. stole just enough votes from Al Gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh my God, man! Like, but that's that's the other thing too. Is like when that's like the flip side of idiocracy. Is like as it is, there are Democrats who are like, if it's not Bernie, I'm never voting Hillary. And I'm like, what are you? What? Like, I know your two party system is a, like. Has narrow options, but you got to pick one. <laughs> like you can't just be like, "Oh, the guy in charge of the Democrats is not who I want." Donald Trump instead. Like I'm like, whatever. Say what you want about Hillary, but like, if you're gonna have to pick between Hillary and Donald Trump, just don't, because Bernie isn't available doesn't mean pick yeah, Donald Trump. Don't do that protest vote. Cause yeah, that's what gets England kicked out. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's how. Yeah, I, ah, man. I don't know. I don't know if Bernie Sanders would. You know what I mean? Like, I was like. That's, how do you look at that math and say, like, you're not going to become president, you're just going to make Donald Trump president? Well, then he gets to tell everyone that, I told you Hillary couldn't be the one to get it done. <laughs> oh, fuck. You don't, like, I told you about that thing on The the Economist, that The Economist has a Donald Trump presidency listed as a, like, a larger risk to the global economy than, like, the Islamic states. <laughs> you're like, the people who are actively trying to disrupt the global economy are less risk, like a smaller risk to the global economy than Donald Trump becoming president. Oh, man. It's insane. I, 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 I'm so scared. Canada Canada got a, a decent PM. Which, I mean, like, we also played down the middle. Like, we got basically a Hillary. Like, Justin Trudeau's not, obviously, the most progressive guy that we could have got because Mulcair changed what the NDP was about while he was in charge. We didn't get Jack Layton, is what I'm saying. We didn't get Jack Layton. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Mulcair, Mulcair mm. played some fishy games with what he was trying to do and played the NDP. He always looked them. like that guy, though. He looked like that guy. Just kind of slimy. Just kind of slick. Yeah. Yeah, Mulcair lacked... Like, that was another... He lacked conviction. What, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel that that's what parties need to do, is what the liberals did, which is to be like, who's the youngest, coolest guy in the party? He's the mouthpiece. Like... I don't think everybody knew what the liberals were up, but he looked great in photos and he looked great on stage. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not I think that's a little simplistic. I think that I said I don't think everybody. I th- I think that Trudeau did at least say what he was going to try to do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's done a whole lot since taking office that has been like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, he's pushed more for for equal rights amongst the sexes he's pushed yeah, more yeah. for native rights he's 
really pushing hard for the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, These exactly. are all things that were on his campaigns. Like. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're at least like they're they're putting a critical eye to the TPP. Like they're doing, and he he does seem pretty passionate in Parliament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting on the floor and moving people around, and <laughs> throwing out elbows. <laughs> uh, but you know, kind and of apologizing th- repeatedly for it. I can I can see if you were in a job where people were just like being schoolyard idiots, and yeah. you're like, can we just, just God damn it, getting up there and moving stuff around? Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, it, you, you shouldn't be shoving people around, but I get the the, the frustration. frustration that led him there. Yeah, the frustration that led people to that point. But yeah, no, I don't think anyone who voted for the liberals have been like, damn, I, I just I didn't understand what I was doing. No, but I do think that some people. I don't think anybody regretted the vote, but I do think some people didn't really know what they were voting for and voted for the charismatic son of like a beloved prime minister, like. I think that there's a chunk of the voter base that that's that voted that way. Like it's not like he it's cuz remember like he he's just the leader of the party. Like he's still the party still votes on policy and all that stuff. It's not the same as in the states where you kind of have this autonomous presidency and then like an elected senate underneath him. Like you have you elect a party and he was the appointed party leader. So it's not like he single-handedly can do things without the party's approval. He's right. still re- he's still reflecting the ideals of the party, and I'm saying like he is upholding those ideals. He's not n- nobody's gone crazy, but I do think that a, a part of the vote like they 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 did so much better than they were projected to do, and I think part of it was Mulcair kind of came off as like slimy, and so they gained a, a lot of the younger left vote didn't want another conservative, so they jumped to the liberals just to like play it safe. Yep. And like a lot of people were fed up with the conservatives. Trudeau, so Trudeau was centrist. playing like when you had the NDP playing to the center and the liberals playing to the left, they kind of started looking real similar in terms of like what the policies actually were. So you're like just one of them understood how the Internet works and the other one didn't pretty much. But speaking like, of uh, how the Internet works, did you hear about the thing last week about the uh, the Democratic sit in that they're still trying to get these gun laws? And then, uh, oh, just recently, sixteen senators from the Republican Party jumped to the other side. Well, Mitch McConnell is having a a fit. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, damn, this is happening." Yeah, well, it was so funny. What was it? Okay, the, 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 there's a few things that like like stuck out to me from that. One one was um, so the Republicans, uh, the Democrats staged a sit-in, and basically like a bunch of them ended up staying just in the Senate for like 25 hours, just like clogging up. The, the process is literally not even filibustering, just like sitting and not going home as a protest to get media attention. Uh, who's the speaker? Is it Ron mm-hmm. Paul? Ron Paul, I think, is the speaker of the House. He. That's no, not right. Not Ron Paul. Fuck. It's that orange dude. No, 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 no. It's new. Look it up. I don't have my phone. Uh-uh. Anyway, so the speaker of the House, in order to like, is a Republican, in order yes. to prevent publicity on this, uh, ordered the C-SPAN cameras to shut off. Because he was like, the house is no longer in session. There's, you should not be filming. Like, we have closed, like, the proceedings. So under normal circumstances, you shut the cameras off. So shut the cameras off. So C-SPAN had to shut the cameras off. But then... Had to? I think had to. Like, I think, again, they're... They had to shut their cameras off, whatever. But then the Democrats... Thankfully, I guess some of them are like under 40 or whatever. We're like, we can just periscope it. 
<laughs> so C-SPAN started playing the periscopes, like the periscope video. Nice. On TV, and I was just sort of like, these like crappy phone. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. That's right. Man, he looks like the T-1000. He really does. Yeah. Anyway, so then Paul Ryan finally like ordered them to stop, and they finally stopped or whatever. And then, uh, but I was, like I said, I thought it was hilarious that there was Periscope on TV. And then Paul Ryan orders them to stop, and then um, they were like, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna succumb to the demands of like a few people." And it's just like protest is just like a tactic to uh, like uh, it's just a publicity stunt and whatever. And then everyone's like, "Well, yeah, like of course it's a publicity stunt, like." The Republicans are refusing to, like, deal with a bill that 92% of the population supports. Like, getting publicity and getting, like, people actively outraged about this is, like, necessary. And then they were like, and the Republicans have protested before, too. They, like, they picketed the Senate uh, when the Democrats were in charge and they weren't going to pass a bill to, like, increase offshore drilling. So, you know, like, like 20 years ago, whatever, when there was, like, a Democratic Senate, but you're, like, they, they, like, tried to, like, block off, like, make, like, an old-timey, like, union line to the House because they wanted more offshore drilling. And I was, like, one of these things was important to you, and one of these things is important to 92% of the population. I was, like, oh, fucking... Politics. Politics. And and just, I feel so bad that Canada's, you know, just, just trying to like write the course of our own stupidity that we've had for forever and speaking of politics oh, some more politics awesome not directly about running countries though sports politics sports politics and and why the beloved hero of montreal pk suban did you see that so pk suban got traded if you're i guess like mark, mark from montreal if you're mark <laughs> and you're like by P.K. Subban got traded to the Nashville Predators for Shea Weber. The both, like, without a doubt, giant defensive stars. Uh, and everybody is, in various degrees, outraged. Did you see the uh, the Beaverton headline? Montreal Children's Hospital euthanizes 100,000 children. <laughs> I, I saw it because someone had posted it on Facebook, and someone else was like, that's not actually happening. P.K. Subban said he was going <laughs> to continue to support the hospital. And my reply to that person was like, oh, my God, please call the hospital right now. They're halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was literally I was hanging out with my cousins who are all big sports fans out east while we were on the road trip. And they were like, is he going to get traded? Is he not going to get traded? Is Da, 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 da. And everybody basically had come to the consensus that he will not be traded. He's just too good and too big of a star. And then they traded him. It's it's brutal. It's br- statistically. Okay. P.K. Subban is a better player. Statistically. The, the thing, All the analytics say. He's a the, different. Okay. He's a, his, a different player. I would say. I'd say it's a bad trade. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to argue that it's a good trade. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not the disaster. is a bad player. Exactly. It's not the disaster a lot of people are painting it. But it's a disaster for a long time. But, is it? Shea Weber has a 7.8 cap hit for the next 10 years. Yeah, versus PK's 9... nine for the next 5. 9 point something for the next 6. 6. 
who cares? At the end of six years, P.K. Subban will be 33. Shea Weber will be 40 at the end of his contract. 40. Yeah. It sucks. But my mm. question is... Uh, Shea Weber is not the worst player he, you could have on your but team. Do you, no, but you also... I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, those long-term contracts, if they sign them before they're 30, which I think he did, you, they can retire on. If you sign them after you're 30, then you're fucked. Like, you, there's like a penalty. Like, I have to look this up, but there's, I was like, I feel that he can still retire off that, pen, off that and he disappears, like the way retirements usually do. If there are, there are some rules about that that could make it easy. Yeah. So long as Shea Weber doesn't Wade Redden his contract and just be like, yeah, I'll I'll go to the minors, sure. Huh. Yeah, who knows who knows what he's gonna do, right? Like, I mean, like Wade Redden was making six million a year and he was like, oh Rangers, you don't want me on the team? I'll go to the minors, pay me six million dollars. So my contract has my contract. I'm on the AHL team. I'm good in the room. It's hard <laughs> to walk away from big money like that. That's millions of dollars. Yeah, for sure. But who knows? Okay, so character was an issue. You know, and obviously there was some problems in that locker room because in a year, and everyone says there wasn't, but in a year where P.K. Subban pledges $10 million to the Montreal Children's Hospital and the team votes to say their Community Outreach Leader Award of Excellence goes to Max Pacioretty, Mm -hmm. obviously they're trying to fuck him a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. That's, well, it that was is like, not a nice thing to yeah. do as your teammates. My my cousin, uh, my cousin Brandon is basically he does, um, and, like, and not just ten million dollars. Like, I work at the Children's Hospital. Subban was there all the time doing yeah, yeah. stuff, all like constantly, all the and like weird stuff and ridiculous stuff and funny stuff. Like he did a whole thing where he set up a winter wonderland for the kids, where yeah. he wore his pajamas and had face paint. Yeah, like, I, I mean, the videos are touching. They're and, like, and he was, and the videos was two minutes long, but he was there for like four hours. Yeah, right? like well. So anyway, my my cousin Brandon basically uh, he writes a uh, a sports newsletter called Casual Observer, where my my uncle is a former reporter for the CBC. His sister is like going into journalism, whatever. They're like they're very like into writing and journalism and actually, like, researching it and follow sports. If there's any guy who I'd consider to be, like, a sports expert, it'd be, like, one of my, my – my cousin Brandon is, like, up there. And he's, like – he's, like, there's – he's, like, every – like, the easiest way to paint it is Michelle Therrien doesn't like P.K. Subban. But you look at it, like, objectively, and you're, like, Michelle Therrien might not be the coach for very much longer. Like, they hired Muller as the associate coach – which is not really even a position that most teams have. Uh, Muller, Muller turned down the assistant job in St. Louis when Hitchcock announced that next year was his last year. So you have to imagine he was like, basically had St. Louis lined up. Like, there's at least some. Uh, I don't think you want to ever have St. Louis lined up. Huh? St. Louis, the almost there team. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? You don't think you, know you, you don't think you he know. was next in line after Hitchcock when Hitchcock announced his retirement? Like he said, next year is his last yeah, but year. But if you choke in the playoffs one time in in St. Louis, you get fired. Hitchcock didn't. He didn't choke. He had one good year, but that's anyway, a thing. Anyway, and if you if you coach terribly in Montreal, mm. you keep pl- you keep coaching. Yeah, but there, but anyway, either way, I'm just saying. So like, what, job security, one right? one way or the other, if you're looking at. You're like, P.K. Subban is like a bona fide star, and if the organization wants him to stay, Terry is going to suck it up and have to make it work. Like, P.K. is like a big enough star that, like... If I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say just one name for you, Mario Tremblay. 
Yeah, but you think that, like, do you think Bergevin is Savard? Was it Savard? No, it wasn't Savard. It was Savard took over after. Fuck. Who is the GM? That guy with the weird crew cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who got snowed in the trade. Yeah. Who? I can't remember. Fuck. Anyway, either way. But you're like, if you go to Jeff Molson, like, like that trade had to get like cleared by Jeff Molson. No. You don't think? With the with the amount of I think Bergevin could have laid his rep on the line. It's like if you're not gonna let me run this team, then But that's it's such it's such a ballsy play when you're looking at the it is jer- ballsy at play. jersey sales <clears throat> and merchandise and all that stuff. Sure it's super ballsy, but I think that's the kind of thing that Bergevin would do. It's it's I don't tough. think it's I don't think it's going against his character to suggest that. No. Him, but him like, are you sure if you're not ready to let me run this team, then maybe I should step down as general manager. Maybe. Anyway, long story short, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, like, the management had to be okay with it. You can't trade a player like like a blue-chip player like P.K. Subban without everybody being on board for it. Like, just even advertising and marketing and, like, all that stuff. Like, everybody kind of needs to be on board when you move, like, someone that big. And like I said, there's the issue of branding, to me. Like apparently the whole the whole uh, the children's hospital thing, when you talk about yeah Pat Max Pacioretty is the community outreach guy, when you talk about look at the children's hospital thing, supposedly Reggie Wool, Wool, yeah exactly. If when you look at the uh, the hospital thing, apparently the Habs wanted to go in as partners and make it like PK Subban and the Montreal Canadiens do X, and PK was like, nope, it's gonna be PK thing, which. You can kind of like you can you can imagine that as like I want to be in charge of my charity and then and then and blah 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 like you can you can see like good reasons for that but then you can also see reasons being the haves being like wait a second go fuck yourself like how did you get that ten million dollars why does anyone care who you are in this city do you know what I mean like there there not, is a not for nothing the, the Canadians still could have made a big donation to the foundation yeah. Hun- you know what? There's there's another children's hospital in this city. <laughs> yeah. Really, not for nothing. Saint Justin is a gigantic yeah. French children's hospital. Yeah. yeah. Um, Montreal <laughs> wants to feel. Oh, we got left out. Uh, those kids do not care. <laughs> no, hundred. They, they can go. I'm not. I'm. Like I said, I'm not. Please I'm, go. Please do that. Get into, get into a bidding war of who's more charitable. It's like the greatest thing for hospitals ever. Like I'm not. I'm not saying that like oh it stopped them from making the donation, but you know what I mean. Like when you're like I'm gonna make this big giant public fucking gesture, and the Habs are like oh that's cool, we could work it out this way. And you're like no no no, I got this. There's someone in the Montreal Canadiens organization being like what the fuck now, you know like there there just there is some people are being like what is happening and why are, like you the like is PK trying to be bigger than the Habs? Who cares the Habs. <clears throat> I don't care. You don't care. That's why people are outraged. But I'm saying, but the Habs, like, you can, you'd be like, oh, I can see why the Habs would care. Yeah, because the Habs, because you're idiots. Yeah. Because look at the NBA. Do you, do you remember when LeBron left Cleveland? Everyone was mad. They were so mad. They burned all their jerseys. And then Cleveland sucked for years. And then, and then, then like, I'm coming James, back. I'm going to win a championship. Like, Yay. And they won a championship. And everyone who burnt their jersey was super mad. And uh, the whole Cleveland organization was like, yeah, we probably shouldn't act like giant dicks than to like have to fucking eat our feet the yeah. whole season. And now we got to put a banner up. 
Yeah. Like, you know what? And now we're going to like basically have to retire LeBron's number. Like, <laughs> suck it up. Because yeah. when they retire that number, all the shit they said about him when he left is still there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's fucking, it's like, how long did it take for Wa's number to get retired? Because, like, the entire management team had to basically change before anyone would be okay mm. with it. Like, how many times have you seen that video of Patrick Wa walking behind Tremblay yeah. to yell at uh, Ronald Corey? Yeah. How many? I must have seen that clip. Yeah, it's insane. 50 times? Yeah. Easily. Like, TSN plays it all the time. RDS plays it twice as much. Yeah, yeah. Like, on the anniversary, they basically devote a day to talking about it again. <laughs> like, they're like, every 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 year when it comes back to the date where the Patrick Watt trade happened, there's like a day oh, of yeah, coverage yeah. being hockey, like, ho- hockey inside out. <laughs> Just on this day. Yeah. Yeah, and RDS, RDS has like a... a, a an hour-long thing that they play about it, like, on the regular. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mm. mean, I like I said, it's not... It's People are saying... Well, the good thing is we got rid of all the troublemakers, that historical <laughs> locker room cancer, <laughs> those... Do you remember the Andre Kostitsin and the Sergei Kostitsin, the Kostitsin brothers? Douchebags. Remember what, what, whatever happened to those guys, Scott? They ended up in Nashville. Right. Which, wait, Shea Weber was such a locker room leader, he straightened those guys right out. Right. No, he didn't. They, they started hanging out with, with Radulov. <laughs> so funny. This is again hilarious. So they oh, signed. Man. They announced that trade on, well, on TSN. It wasn't trade. It was or the, signing. the signing, the, yeah. the free agent signing on yeah. TSN, and the panel just went, <sighs> "What?" <laughs> but to, like, okay, Pierre Maguire was like five point seven five million dollars. How do you explain that to a guy named Gallagher? How do you explain that much money to the heart and soul of the team? Gay. To me, I'm like, the, 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 I have no... That the guy who walked away from the NHL twice. Yeah. I have no problem, not to say no problem, he, at $5.75 million, he still knocked $3.5 million off of his KHL contract. So if, yep. if it was just about the money, he would have just fucking stayed in Russia. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? I'm like, if it was just about the money, he was making 9, 9.5 a year in the KHL. So there's like something is making like $3.5 million is a lot of money to give up to dick around in the NHL. When you're like, I don't even need to dick around. I could just stay at home in the country that I'm from and just like. People, are, people are saying great things, but if you're Brendan Gallagher. Oh, it's like, it's a bummer. It, not in, only, not only is this until, guy until he starts scoring a gazillion goals, and Gallagher's like, "Yay!" <laughs> He's taking Gallagher's spot in the lineup too. Depends how you like. He's going to go on that first line with. with, with yeah, Jackie but I'm saying, but someone needs to play with Plekinex, like Gallagher again. I honestly think Radulov might end up playing with Plekinex. <clears throat> like, I could see him down on the second line, just like tons of scoring, because Gallagher and Galchenia click a ton. And mm-hmm. then, like... Yeah, line chemistry is something that Terry is super <laughs> strong with. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. They're both going to... Anyway, yeah, so they signed Radulov $5.75 million one year. I have no problems with that. It, it, it's, it frees up $6 million next year <laughs> if, we, if he's garbage. And, like, he has been a top three scorer in the KHL for, like, every year since he's gone. Which, I mean, like, yeah. the NHL is not the KHL, I, but... I, I saw a quote that said he's the best Russian player that's not named... Um, Ovechkin or Malkin. 
liked it. High praise. There is. And even even Weber, like I, I, I sent that text uh, that, that text uh. message to you. I was like, it's hilarious. Because like Weber Weber said some shitty things about him when he <laughs> when he stayed up till five AM drinking yep. drinking in air quotes. Because you know, I'm sure that's all he was doing till five AM the day of a playoff game. And like Weber had some choice words to say about him right afterwards because he was the captain, it was the playoffs. There's like there is those sound bites, as you said, are out there. Yep. But even Weber like so I think it's hilarious that he's gonna come in and, and see Shay Weber. Pro- probably, I'm like, we were talking about this. I was like, after Chara, one of the most intimidating people in the NHL has to be Shea Weber. Like, just like size and the way he holds himself and the way he tried to kill Zetterberg. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, like there's not, like, he's 6'4", like, yeah. pushing 300, like, no, he's not 275. Big. No, he's not 264. That big. I think he's 260-something. He's well over 250 pounds and like 6'4", yeah. 6'5". I think he might be 6'5", actually. Like, he's very big. Like, you see him on the All-Star game. Like, he's quite big. Like, P.K. Subban is a very big dude. And there's like that, there's that picture of the two of them from the All-Star game. Weber dwarfs him. Weber's a lot bigger than him. Like, he's a I, big guy. Yeah, and you're just like, like I said, who, who is more intimidating? Like I said, like, Chara and Weber are up there. And, like, guys who you would not, like... Even as an NHL player. He's a player. big guy. He's tough to play against. He's going to hit you hard. He's got a really hard slap shot. And then he tried to kill Zetterberg when he just grabbed his head and kept smashing it into the window. So when you're Radulov, you're like, yeah, I've come back to North America. What the hell, Shea? I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just like, He's, he, Shea Weber is the kind of guy that the Canadians should have been drafting in the last 15 years. A yeah. Big Canadian Western defenseman guy. They definitely should have been looking at players like Shea Weber. Yeah. Just think trading their most skilled skater. Man, and the worst part the worst part about it is that if this doesn't pan out, it means that we had McDonough and Subban and now have none. Like it's so stupid. Anyhow, but yeah, so uh Radulov signing. But even Weber, like this week, has been like I've talked to him and he's not that guy. Like that was you're gonna hold a guy who's like in his mid twenties to the mistakes of a guy in his, like, early 20s. And what's his name? Who was the other one? There was another big name that vouched for him, too. Uh, famous Russian player. Probably. Tretiak? Not Tretiak. Probably named Sergei. Uh, fuck. God damn it. I'm sad I don't have I, I read a lot of stuff. He's married. He's got a kid. It's... Yeah, <laughs> hasn't slashed a coach in the face in a while. <laughs> yeah, if, if, not a downside in this city. Also, man, free, at do you know cost six million dollars? But for seven years, apparently Milan Lucic, <laughs> Peter Chiarelli has traded away Taylor Hall and Tyler Seguin in his career. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's but, sign Lucic to a seven-year, six million-dollar contract. What the fuck? I know you're like, oh, he's like, he's like a heart and grit and whatever. But I'm like, but no, he isn't. I was like, he's fucked off before in his career. Like, like he's taken seasons off. Like entire 82 game stretches where you're like, wonder what's up with Milan Lucic this year. Not like this week. Not like a little slump being like, Lucic just is not playing anymore. Like he's like, he flip flopped back and forth between like the first and fourth line on the Bruins. Like. Oh, he played with Sean Thornton a whole bunch a couple of years. Because like, that's that was where he got dropped to. Like, holy shit. He got the I'm same contract as Akpozo. Jerking around fans and... Same contract as Kyle Akpozo. Like... Oh, it's... That was a bad signing. And that supposedly being the reason that Hall was traded 
to free Bad up the space. Bad trade. Like, that that and Hall also trade. The, Man, the, I was so happy that trade happened the same day as PK's trade because one of them was the worst trade of the trade season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and the other thing, too, is I was like, holy shit. Apparently, like, Montreal was, like, the number two choice for Lucic. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, even if he was getting paid less, Lucic on a six- or seven-year contract for even, like, say, five – like, even if he decided to go, like, if we weren't willing to go the, like, 5.75 or whatever, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I would be happy to have Lucic on the team. but For, for that, three years. For for three years at, like, 4.5, maybe 5. You know, like, maybe. Like, Fucking. Maybe 6. I mean, the cap being what it is. Yeah. Maybe 6. But. Three years, not, like, five. What? I really thought Edmonton. Got rid of Kevin Lowe. Signed Pete Chiarelli. Was going to fucking turn things around. Oh they didn't know. even manage to trade Yakupov. Like, they... That was the one guy you thought for sure was going to be gone. Yeah. They got rid of Taylor Hall for Larson to New Jersey. So now we have to play against them a whole bunch more. Yeah. That yeah. guy's going to put up 80 points this year. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupid cheerily. Comically terrible. How do, I don't... I, I cannot, like... The only br- thing that makes me happy is that Buffalo only got a little bit better... Boston didn't make any moves. Boston they lost. Philly did nothing. Philly they signed Deleuze. Yeah. <laughs> um, Toronto and Ottawa didn't make any moves of, of consequence. Toronto. What did, what did Toronto do? <laughs> we unloaded everybody. We signed Austin Matthews. And I'm like, what next, Toronto? And they're like, no, that's it. We have Austin Matthews and a lot of cap space. It, it doesn't matter. You got to sit there for a year. You can't. Don't even. See if Matthews makes the team, man. Maybe he needs a year. Uh, but, uh, but no, but like he's going to make the team because the team is all AHLers anyway. Mm, they traded true. everybody. <laughs> like It's not like he's like going to need to fight for that top <clears throat> like top six spot. It's his because everybody else is gone in Toronto. Yeah. It's fucking – I was like – like I feel that they unloaded the cap on the basis of the fact that they felt like they had an inside track on Stamkos. Stamkos. And then Stamkos was like, wait a second – even though I'm from Toronto, there's less taxes in Florida, and I'm the captain. I'm going to sign here. What What did Eisenman say on that phone? Because he walked away from tons of money. Yeah. He, he, Even Detroit was like... He signed for way less than... Not Detroit way less. was offering 10 for 7? Yep. They were like $70 million. And he what? It's 8, eight for 9? Something like that? It's like $68 million for 9 years over 70 for 7? Like, just... Yeah. Yeah. What? I, 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 like I said, I think that there's, there's your taxes, first of all, which is going to... Yeah, Florida is the lowest of all. I'll yeah, w- which is, yeah, it's Florida and Nashville, I think, are the, the two lowest. Hey, PK. Right. <laughs> you just got a race. Shea Weber just took a hit. <laughs> like, what? Shit, that was why I signed lower. Yeah, exactly. I was like, the taxes are going to keep you out of Canada and lots of times. I mean, if if you're just thinking money. And I'm like, also, like... It's the fucking captain. Like, there's, I think, an, I think Steve Eiserman can sit down and be like, captain to captain. Like, this is your fucking team. I'm Steve Eiserman. I'm the greatest Canadian captain there we're is. We're almost there. Like, we're, we're fucking close. We have a lot of the pieces. We're perennial playoff things. You Do you want to captain your team to the Stanley Cup? And I think that if there's, like, there's a level of competition where there's, you can be like, yeah, fuck other teams. It's not like I'm going to be poor on this $68 million. Like, yeah, the, obviously $5 million is a lot or whatever, whichever way it's going to go. But it's like, 
I think that, like, if there's a guy who can sit down to you and be like, what does it mean to be a captain? Steve Eisenman is one of those guys who can fucking give that speech, and you'll be like, I want to captain my team to the Stanley Cup. Like, like Eisenman can literally be like, I did it, and it's the fucking best. (laughs) You know, like... Question for you. Yeah. Last thing. Talking about captains. Right. Talking about Shea Weber. Shea Weber's the new captain. Do you think they would make him the new captain? I kind of think they might. Because... It's hard to take the C off of someone, but when you bring in... I feel like the San Jose Sharks have proven that completely false. You can take the C <laughs> off of anybody and still make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm, but Where they had a, multiple a, former captains on the team. <laughs> but there is a precedent when you make a trade for a big player that Who you, is a captain. you give them the C. Like Gretzky goes to the Kings, Dave Taylor gives the C to him. And that's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I, I think and, it's going to be a discussion, and I think that... And, and Patches... Was a quiet guy. It also, it also, I think they do, because it also helps justify the trade. Where you're mm. like, Shea Weber was an alternate on Team it, Canada. It does, it does buff up the, um, the the shine that is on leadership. Exactly, that's it. It's just sort of like, like with all due like and like, Pacioretty can totally just say it was his idea. Yeah, exactly. You know what? It was like Max Max Pacioretty. Like, I'm very happy to be the captain. I'm very honored to have been mm-hmm. the captain. Being one of the captains of the Montreal Canadiens, but I feel like we have a person who's earned a spot in the league mm-hmm. with the C. It's totally – the speech is written. Exactly. And like you, said, you can Google that speech. You yeah, can exactly. read it right off the search. How app. captains hand off the captaincy. Like I said, former captain in Nashville. Like – an alternate captain on Team Canada, <clears throat> like there's, they're like the, he's one of those guys, like who you could put the C on. And I, uh, like, can't you wait for all those great after game interviews? Just need to focus and uh, stay on our game plan. Because pa- Patrick Reddy's after game interviews are and so no. fucking sweet. Like no, the only interviews that <clears> really <throat> mattered are Gallagher's and Subban's, and we still have Gallagher just saying crazy things, <laughs> bad talking the refs in between periods, like an <laughs> insane person. <laughs> You, I told you about that, right? Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. He's going to come out and talk about focus and uh, stay on the game plan. <laughs> yeah. one, one period Gallagher, are you going out there? Hmm. <laughs> uh, just get real quiet. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I, I, it's, I feel it's... Uh, mm-hmm. well, what do you think about the um, our first round pick, Sergachev? I've heard some good things about him. And I have no problems with them picking a, a power play first unit. Yep, NHL player. <laughs> like, well, also predicted to go a little higher mm. too, right? He was he was project. Most of his projections had him go not not a lot. Just it was him or Logan Brown. That was the big thing, right? Well, that they, whole six six power forward. You kind of looking at him going, uh, "Oh, Montreal, please." He's a big six six Canadian. But he kid. was exactly. But there was a defenseman picked seventh that him and Sergachev were kind yeah. of flipping for. It. So it was like so it was. The guy who got picked seventh, Logan Brown, then Sergachev. So Sergachev, no, Logan Brown went twelfth. Oh, so yeah. he was still available. So they're like, Logan Brown was was ranked seven going into the draft. Mm. <clears throat> obviously, the scout said something. Well, not just obviously, the scout said something. Like that's the whole thing when Bergevin was like, "Was he being shopped?" No, and then we signed Sergachev, and I was like, "Then why did we sign Sergachev?" Oh, we traded Subban. <laughs> like, yeah. There was, if you could draft the forward, and then you're you're going for like pretty much the best defensive prospect that was left, and who was predi- and, and and 
supposed to be a 1A, 1B defenseman. Yep. A big guy, big body, plays a big game. Hard to play against. All that stuff. The only has, th- everyone has said nothing but good things about him. Uh, I watched some of his highlight reels. He can play. Yeah, I, I also honestly think that... It's just, it was like, but Logan Brown is still available. Yeah. And he's... he's There's, that, why why so, are you drafting the small guys again? Sergachev is not that small. He's not a small guy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what, are you going to pass him up for another 5 so Scott, forward? We've already talked about 40 minutes worth of, of politics and, and sports and whatever else like that, but you, you told know, me that you read... And by red, I mean passively engaged in two films. Oh, yeah. I watched two movies. What were they? I watched London Has Fallen. Which is White House Down in London. Exactly. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. I watched it, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, like, set up the premise of the film. So okay, I will tell you what I think mm. London is fallen is while while you look the, while you look up the plot to no, try, no, no, no. try to refresh your memory. <laughs> I was like, what I, I, I want to look up the director's name. I want to. What London has fallen to me, judging from the commercials that I saw from it, uh, is the guy from Lost in it? No, that's White House Down. The there's like a real actor from Lost. Yeah, Jack. No, wait, so no, he's not in. He it. was in White House Down. Um, it is starring like, Gerard Butler, the guy from Three Hundred. That's it. So there's, like, from what I understand, a big terrorist attack on London, and then the terrorists take over like Bane, and then they need to fight their way out from the inside. No, yeah, it's just... so much stupider than that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a terrorist, right? He's a terrorist, right? He sells Hans arms. Gruber. He's bad people, right? And they fire a drone to kill him, right? At his daughter's wedding, <sighs> they don't kill him, but they kill his daughter. <gasps> So he assassinates the British Prime Minister <laughs> secretly. No one knows it's an assassination. Right. So all the heads of state go to London to attend the funeral. And he attacks London. <laughs> <laughs> all of the cops are terrorists. What? What? <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden... Yeah, but to be fair, though, from what we have just previously discussed about the UK... This is not the craziest thing that is possible. <laughs> sure, maybe they they thought it was a protest terrorism. Exactly. Um, all of the cops pretty much are terrorists, and they kill the Canadian prime minister. Japan, he dies first in the shittiest way, and they're just Aww. like, "Here's a bomb under your boom." Uh, he's dead. That sucks. They kill our Canadian prime minister is a trained boxer. Yeah. Well, not in the movie. No. Uh, they kill just. They kill the Everybody. Japanese prime minister. They kill the French minister. They kill uh, the Italian prime minister by fucking blowing up a giant church. <laughs> Westminster Abbey. They blow up Westminster Abbey just to kill <laughs> the Italian prime minister. And then they try to kill the American president. But Gerard Butler is there. And he shoots a bunch of guys with his pistol. So they can't kill him. And then they run through London. <laughs> Because the whole city is shut down as evil cops chase them. How does it For end? two hours. <laughs> uh, they catch the, the, the president. They bring him to a building. They're going to execute him. Right. So Gerard Butler comes in and kills them all. Does and kick then, any of them in holes? And like, then, this is America. And then the SAS so, blows wait, up hang on, the hang on, building. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I have an important question. Is Gerard Butler American? Yes. So he's he, a... So, 
He is the president's best friend after having saved him in White it's House like, Down. So he, he super easily could have had an accent or whatever because it's a foreign thing. So he could have been from anywhere. What's the sequel to White House Down? He's the same character? He's the same character. Oh, nice. So he's like, it's like a new it's Jack Ryan. the same Ryan. president. It's a new Jack Ryan thing. I really, really hope not because there were well, a lot of those Jack Ryan movies. It seems like it is. And this Jack movie Ryan was terrible. It gods. was really bad. Uh, this was the guy's first American, the director, yep. whose name is Babak Najafi, okay. um, who is obviously Swedish. Right. Um, it's his first major motion picture. He did a bunch of stuff in Sweden before that. And obviously bad. didn't really care that there was a script. Like, just... What? Okay, oh, man. Really bad. So, have you ever heard of... And, uh, like, there's a good cast in this movie. Eh? Jackie Harrell Early is in it. Aaron Eckhart's in it. Angela Bassett's in it. They are they are all garbage. Have you ever heard of the movie Hell Comes to Frogtown? I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Okay. But you know what it's roughly about, though? It's a the film... There's a town of frogs, and then the bull comes? No, actually. Oh, there's a town of... No, I do There's not. a town of frogs, and then a guy named Sam Hell, as played by Roddy Piper, comes. Ooh. Yeah, or now you're into interested. it. I have I haven't watched this movie, but apparently they made a sequel to it where the director employed like Zen filmmaking. Good <laughs> God! Where they they had a fucking sequel to a movie about Roddy Piper coming to a town of frogs, where then they decided we don't need a script for the sequel. <laughs> I saw White House Down and was like, "This is a bad action movie." And London Has Fallen is so much worse. <laughs> that. Huge explosions, massive fight choreography. None of it was impressive because you're like, this movie is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's real bad. But then you said you saw something that wasn't the worst. I saw 1961's Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Okay. When I say that, and you can picture a submarine going to the bottom and a giant squid attacking, you picture kind of weird... Disney whimsical. Well, but that's just beca- that's just because of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I right, feel- like, but that that's kind of what you're going. But I mean, but like I a fantastic al- voyage. But like I could also a motley crew of scientists have I a could strange also adventure. S- I could also see something more akin to the Abyss. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, the sky ignites on a fire, and the entire world begins to die. Right, and this ship has to get to a specific part of the Pacific Ocean. They're in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm to fire a nuclear missile at the sky to try to burn it so brightly that it snuffs itself out. And in this two-hour voyage, all the sailors are dealing with freaking gigantic stress and nervous breakdowns because their families are dying and they get radio reports of like... The world's dead. The world is dying. And every time they surface, the sky is red and on fire and it's like 175 degrees... Super dark. It's 1961. 1961. This is like even like pre-Cold War. Like this sounds sounds like a, a Cold War era. Well, right at the start of it, like yeah, 20 yeah. minutes in. I thought you were going to say it is right at the start of the Cold War, I guess. No, no, no. Right at the start of, of the movie, 20 minutes into the movie, the scientist who built this amazing submarine goes to the United Nations to pitch his his plan. He's like, I need to go from here to there and we'll fire a missile and this will save the planet. And it's like a Batman episode, like Batman 66. Like, they're all like, this is ridiculous. And the, the German with the long goatee is like, and then everyone starts to die. And they start showing stock footage of, like, the Dust Bowl and, like, 
mass starvation. Fucking crew members start to commit suicide, and it's really dark. Where did, where is this on Netflix? Uh, no, I found it on the internet. Okay, and it's like a big budget. Yeah, it sounds science fiction. But anyone came know, out of nowhere. Anyone of note in it? Um, Frankie Avalon <laughs> plays one of the uh, crew members in it. Okay, um, really interesting. Yeah, I was gonna I was say, was, was gonna say none of, like of this a... sounds bad. It does seem like it, a little bit out of left field in terms of like I'm gonna sit down and watch this like fun, popcorn movie, fun little '60s popcorn. Submarine. I thought it was gonna be a, a popcorn like 19... sci-fi drive-in theater kind of movie, right? And just like this is really I, real dark. I, they're gonna. Gonna, will anyone still be alive after they save the Earth? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was like, what are they even saving? <laughs> uh, like, so, what what is it most like It's like 28 a, days later? <laughs> a little bit. It's like one of those 70s post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies. Those okay. like low-budget indie, like a man, a boy and his dog kind of movies. Like a Roger Corman kind of thing, but maybe less less exploitive Exploitative. Yeah, and everyone's much more clean cut and, and <laughs> like 60s, 60s. early 60s. Right? Okay. Like they've all got like military haircuts and they all wear the uniforms. But yeah. I'm the, interested. Yeah, really end of the world kind of stuff. And very, huh. very strange. So that one was fun. So we're at 51 minutes, Scott. No, we should put these on the list. So I think we need to jump right into the list with these, with these two films. Do you have the list open? I'm Are opening you? the list. Okay. I mean, well... So, without I, I haven't seen either of these movies. So, London has fallen. I feel that you're towards the bottom. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna give it such a damning. But uh, but uh, like, so is below Mordecai. Below Superman, Batman. I would rather watch Superman versus Batman: Dawn of Justice Whoa, than okay. London has fallen again. It was, it was pointlessly American. It didn't even have that like. I enjoy Hacksaw Jim Duggan in his USA chants. Yeah. Kind of yay, like, like Independence Day American yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. It did not have that. It was, I don't, is this pro-American or is it? Parody. I, and it was impossible to tell. <laughs> to the point where like everyone in London was was incompetent. They could not figure it out. That's hilarious. Um, so I the way it sounds to me. Is that it is below Return to Newcom High? Because at least Return did you to... enjoy Newcom High? Exactly, because like I, I did not enjoy. Like, it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I was like, because I was like, because Newcom High, like as as low as it is on the list, it's still like successfully set out what it did, and like, and there's entertainment there. You're like, it's hard to get into, and it's very silly. But I'm like, we all like there are bits and pieces of laughter and enjoyment. Like I was like, I there's a giant a woman. Has gets a weird giant like prosthetic like spike mouth dick and like that on its own in Newcom High I'm like that's a thing that I saw that was fun like even the rest of the movie sucked to be like that scene happened a woman grew a giant like spike mouth dick so that was exciting yeah so, so below that so now I think we're that's re- the room the room <laughs> with Tommy Wiseau which again like read read the quote from the room that we have on the website you don't see penis and vagina but you do see bumping butts. You need to see it for the train wreck that it is. Uh, <laughs> is there bumping butts? <laughs> London has fallen. No. There is no sex in London has fallen. 
So, is it the bottom of the list, Scott? Uh, I don't think it's it's that. You don't think? I don't, I don't think it's an exercise in torture. <laughs> I think it's more bewilderingly bad rather than right. I need to suffer through this to understand art. <laughs> well, so I think you... right under Newcomb High, right above the rules, a good all right, good place for it. Um, now I think it's, it's the bottom of the, the oldest. It's the oldest film on the list, I think. Yep. So hit I'm Star Wars. Under Star Wars. Under Star Wars. What I'm looking at on the list, I'm looking Descent? at uh, Descent. Descent is, is 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 high. No, Descent's right under Star right Wars. Right under Star Wars. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a little bit more. I'm gonna look at the warm bodies kind of. We are your friends. Warm bodies section of the list. Without hearing it, I would say it'd be below. We are your friends. I mean, above we are. We are your friends. It sounds at least interesting. Whereas we are your friends. So above that is Crush Groove. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna say Crush Groove is gonna get the edge just because the music is good. You can watch that movie and just be like, oh yeah, that jam. I love that jam. <laughs> Curtis Blow, he's teaching me about the breaks. You do hear the breaks a lot. <laughs> Well, I think the, the music is in Crush Groove is, keeps you moving through the movie a right. little bit more. Well, what's than what's below? We are your friends. Warm bodies. Okay, I would say it sounds more interesting than Warm Bodies, and We Are Your Friends is painful. Some of the music like, is good. Like it's in that same thing where Crush Groove. Mm-hmm. I like I, I, I don't above Crush Groove is the Evil Dead, and it's not going above the Evil Dead. No, definitely not. There is. Evil yeah. Dead. Evil Dead was a, a, a success. Yeah. Underneath that is Crush Groove. I think Crush Groove really does succeed in what it's doing. Between Crush, if you exactly, if you're saying underneath is Crush Groove, and then I don't think that uh, We Are Your Friends is is my hill to die on, so I don't mind bumping uh, it down. All right. So right between Crush Groove and We Are Your Friends, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Put write that down. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> you're not though. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was it, Scott. Yeah. Any any closing comment? Are you? uh, I am going to be very busy this weekend with uh, roller derby and watching UFC 200 after roller derby. Uh, Are you heading to Comic Con, or is anyone heading to Comic Con? I don't know. Um, I went last year. Yep. And I did not have enough comic books at Comic Con. Hmm. It was a, a huge complaint about Comic Con. They had very few comic book artists. Fewer writers had no Marvel booth, had no DC booth, hmm. had no Dark Horse booth, had no Image booth. And yep. I was like, the whole cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation is here, but Rick uh, Flair is there this year. That's also also fine that they have these occasional celebrities, but yeah, but they're signing celebrities. They're not most of them don't even do panels. They don't although, do panels. Although a couple years ago they did a wrestling reads. panel that was apparently really good. Like Nash was there, and like a bunch of other people, and a bunch of the wrestlers got on a panel together. That was apparently very cool. Panels and stuff are awesome, and I like going to them, but to get into the con, for me, you need comic books. Yeah. And I had, like, there was a desert of comic books there last time. Yeah. There was a couple of indie shops there. I was like, it's not... Comic con. Comic con plus plus some genre stuff. That's fine, but it really was, like, 80% genre stuff, and... Some of the local shops that I go to all the time anyway is selling comics. I was like, well. Cool. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, what's up? You're here. All right. High five. And then. Do you have my my pull list? Exactly. (laughs) We didn't didn't bring it. I was a little underwhelmed last last year. Uh, Yeah, well. I don't know. Anything else going on? 
Fantasia starts. I think by the time our next episode comes out, John and I will be in the thick of Fantasia, most likely. Doing our thing, watching a lot of movies. Nice. Nice. This was the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, everybody. Bye. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.